0: Uh, Give yourself a pat on the back for making it about halfway through your semester. Feels pretty good, right? Halfway there. Um, this semester at Ruf, we uh, you know each week we look at a passage from the Bible, and we've been going through this section on the Gospel of in the Gospel of John. Um, we've been calling it "Who Is the Real Jesus," and we've been looking. Specifically at this claim that John makes at the end of his gospel, he says like, I'm writing this gospel to you so that you can have life and have life in Jesus' name. And so we've been looking at who Jesus is and how life is found in his name. And we've been looking at these, some of the I am statements that Jesus makes, and he's going to make another one tonight. Uh, We've seen I am the bread of life, and we've seen I am the light of the world, and now Uh, We come to this passage tonight in John chapter 10. And so, let me read it for us, and we'll spend some time looking at it while that group does their weird thing that they do over there. Uh, Okay, starting in John 10, verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. So Jesus again said to them, "Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came, all who came before me, are thieves and robbers. But, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd." My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. A lot there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we... As we come now to your word, we pray that you would guide us. We pray that this would not just be uh, talking and listening, but it would be interacting with you as we hear uh, from your very word. And we pray that your word would breathe life into us and uh, encourage us where we need to be encouraged and challenge us where we need to be challenged. And we pray that it would be part of this process of making us more into the people we were made to be, who you created us to be. So we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Any you guys seen the movie Taken or the Taken movies? I think there's like a few. Taken 2, Taken 3. Uh, the first Taken movie came out about 10 years ago when you were all little tykes, kind of. So you probably didn't see it when it was new. But it stars Liam Neeson. as a, He's a former CIA agent. He's, his, he has a daughter who's like around your age who studies abroad in France she travels to France uh, to like travel with a friend and they fly to Paris and as they're getting ready to go he's like you need to be careful and the daughter's like yeah whatever dad like like going to Paris and as it happens in the movie the daughter and her friend are kidnapped uh, by these people like you know they're set up like right when they get to France and they get kidnapped and and for the purpose of being sold into, like, sex trafficking. And it's really awful. And there's this moment in the movie where the daughter, while she's trying to get help, like, she has her phone on her still, and she calls her dad. She knows her dad is this, like, ex-CIA dude. And uh, she gets caught while she has the phone, and the her captor takes the phone. And th- this is what Liam Neeson says to the girl. It's one of the most best speeches ever in a movie Uh, so he's talking to the kidnapper of his daughter and remember he's this like ex-CIA agent and he says imagine that I'm Liam Neeson I don't know who you are I don't know what you want if you're looking for a ransom I can tell you I don't have money but what I do have are a very particular set of skills Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Isn't that amazing? Like, I want to just like punch a wall when I hear that. Because you know, why do we like? I love it, I think we love it. I love it because I have kids now, so I I feel that like fatherly instinct kick in. But even before I had kids, it's just great to know. Like, wouldn't it be great to know that someone like that was like looking after you? Or wouldn't it be great to defend people in that way and just know that bad guys couldn't get away with stuff? So it appeals to our sense of justice and it appeals to our sense of security. Like we want to know that we're that secure. And in some ways, college is one of the most insecure times in all of life, right? In college, you live with different people like year after year sometimes in different rooms and you're always moving around. And there's all this uncertainty of what where do I live, and what do I study, and how is this going to work out, and who should I be with, and there's all these questions. And so it's this time of great uncertainty and where we feel a lot of insecurity. And here in this passage, Jesus is claiming specifically to be our ultimate source of security. He says that he's the good shepherd. And it's a way of saying what we long for deeply as we think about being secure is him. And so tonight I want to look at uh, first of all why we need a good shepherd in the first place. But then I want to look at why Jesus is the true good shepherd and, that we need and finally I want to look at the security that he brings as we go through life. So first of all, uh, why why we need a good shepherd. Uh, in my house growing up, we had this like portrait of a shepherd holding a sweet little lamb. And uh, so that kind of has shaped every, the way I think about shepherds and sheep. But uh, what we need to see in this, as we think about sheep in the Bible, like you need to go look at a sheep. Like, has anybody seen a sheep lately? What are they like? They're kind of like dumb, right? And they're a little gross and dirty. And uh, the reality about sheep is that uh, they're quite Unintelligent. And sh- sheep are known to do things like... One of the things that sheep do is that they'll just, like, munch along, like, in, eating the grass, walking up a hill, and then kind of, like, walking up a mountain and uh, to a point where they realize, like, they haven't been looking where they're going, and they've just been eating along this path, and, and they're just stuck up there. You know, like, there's, they're on top of a mountain that they can't... Like, anatomically, they can't get down uh, because they've just been, like, following, you know following no one, you know, this is why sheep need a shepherd, and so, uh, this is a way, when Jesus calls us sheep, sheep are great, you know, but they're just not, like, sheep need a lot of work, and it's a way of saying, like, we need a shepherd, and what you need to know is that everyone is following a shepherd, like, we're all looking to something to lead us, and guide us, and give us security, a uh, few years ago, I'm part of this organization called ARC. Sorry, that's really distracting. But I'm just going to power through. I'm part of this organization at UConn called ARC, Area Association of Religious Communities. And uh, so if, a couple times a semester, they have a meeting of like, all the religious leaders on campus. And they often like, give reports about things that are going on just to keep people in the loop. Uh, I already know all this stuff because I'm pretty, like, woke and with it on the campus, <laughs> but uh, most of the people don't. And one of the things they've done, in the they, like, update on, like, counseling and mental health services, and I don't know if you know this, but ment- referrals for anxiety to, like, the counseling services at UConn are at an all-time high. They keep on going up. And this guy was giving this report on that, and he was saying, like, yeah, the, you know, the... Re- people getting referrals for anxiety help are keep going up and up. And he was giving this report about, he was like, UConn academically is becoming a better school. And so the caliber of student coming to UConn is getting better and better as well. So we're expecting that anxiety referrals will keep going up. Which makes sense. But I thought about that for a while. And I was like, that's kind of weird though, isn't it? Like that the better the student that comes to UConn they anticipate that there's going to be even more anxiety because wouldn't you think that the better students would have less anxiety about school? But it's not true. And if you like go to elite schools, you see that anxiety levels are really high there too. And the reason, I mean, it's not that hard to figure out the reason that is, right? Because we compare ourselves to each other, and and you know we live on this treadmill where like nothing is ever good enough, and uh, you know sometimes. If you're smarter or do better academically, you feel more pressure. And I want you to think about that idea of a shepherd with that in mind. Because the way you know that you need a shepherd, a good shepherd, is if you followed a path, just like that sheep that you thought was going to give you security, and the result is that you feel less secure. That's how you know you need a good shepherd. Can you relate to that? Like, is there a path that you followed in life that you thought, like, if I follow this path, I'll have more security. And actually, the result of it is you feel less secure. Uh, Christians are people, Jesus invites us to be people who say, yeah, I'm a sheep. And that's okay. Uh, I think I know it's good for myself, but then I end up in bad places. And so, like, I need a shepherd. I need someone to tell me the way. I need someone to show me the way. Um, Do you ever look back on your life at various points? Like, do you ever think back to, like, I don't know, middle school? And you think, man, like, I was such an idiot back then. Or high school. like, I was so, I can't believe I was that way. Like, what was I thinking back then? Um, I do that a lot and it's interesting if you do that because what that means about you if you've ever thought that way is that future you is going to look back at you now and think the same thing which what that means then is I'm an idiot today right (laughs) like that's just true Um, and that's if you have a good shepherd that's okay Um, everyone is following a shepherd everyone has something that's leading them or someone that's leading them. And I wonder who or what is leading you? Like as you go about your life at UConn, think about who or what is leading you? Uh, who or what are you following in pursuit of security? And are they taking you to a place of security? Uh, because our problem is that we the, the, the places we look for security are not the true places of security. And so that's why we need a shepherd but i want to look at jesus here and what makes jesus the true good shepherd and it's interesting i don't know if this was it confused me a little bit because in this illustration he was insane Uh, In this illustration, he's the door and the shepherd. Did you see that? Like, in one piece, he says, I'm the door a couple times. And he's envisioning this, like, sheepfold, kind of like a Connecticut rock wall made into a square with, like, one little gap. That's a door so the sheep can get in and out. And he he says, I'm the door. And uh, he says, I'm the shepherd. And by saying he's the door, he's saying that he's the way to life. Like, life only comes... Through him. There's only one door, and he's it. Like, the only door to life is Jesus, he says. Uh, But what makes Jesus the truly good shepherd is that although he's the way in, he's also the shepherd that will take you in, in the way uh, that you need to go. He's both at the same time. And this is, think about how different that is from every other kind of philosophy of life or religion. Uh, Every other philosophy of life or religion says, like, here's the goal, now go get it. And Jesus says, like, I'm the goal, like, I'm the way to get life, and I'll take you through me. And specifically, he he says something three times in this passage, which is so significant. Because if you, and like, he comes from a Jewish world, and like, in the Jewish world, like, if you say something twice, twice, it's because you mean it. And if you say something three times, it's because, like, you mean it from the bottom of your being. It's, just, it's why, like, God is called holy, holy, holy in the Bible. Jesus, in this passage, three times says, I, I wonder if you caught it. I lay down my life. I lay down my life. I lay down my life. And if you were here last week, that would be a stark contrast from the religious leaders we saw last week. So Jesus came from this world where the religious leaders were always condemning the people for falling short of their standard. Uh, Remember, if you remember last week, Jesus healed this man born blind and the religious leaders were mad about Jesus healing this man. And they kind of just like ridiculed the man and his parents and treated them, just looked down on them so much. And Jesus talks about false shepherds here, and he's kind of referring to them and others. And I want you to think about that idea of a false shepherd. How can you tell a false shepherd? As you think about the things that are leading you or the people that are leading you. Um, and the way you can tell a false shepherd, according to Jesus, is if they say that what makes you significant is how you perform. The way you can tell a false shepherd is if they say that what makes you significant is how you perform. In other words, if they say you lay down your life, we'll see what happens. Like maybe you'll get in. You see how different that is from Jesus saying three times, "I lay down my life. I lay down my life." Um, UConn is a great school. Like you guys go to a great school. It's a great place to get an education. But there's a there's a way you can go about life at UConn and getting an education, getting your degree or where your degree or your GPA goes from being a good thing to something that shepherds you. You see what I'm saying? And that is a bad place to be. It's not bad to get good grades and try hard and do well, but it is bad to allow your GPA to be your shepherd or your degree to be your... like. That is a bad place to be because your GPA will not lay down its life for you. Your GPA demands, you, you lay down your life for me, to get me. And the worst part is that even if you do that, let's say like you lay down your life, you don't sleep, you avoid everything but school, you get a 4.0, it won't be enough for you because another semester is coming. And after college, there's plenty more opportunities to prove yourself. There's plenty more false shepherds that want you to lay down your life to have them. And in contrast to these false shepherds, Jesus says, I lay down my life for you. Um, What if I'm a Christian, though, and I still get anxious? Like, what if I'm a Christian and I feel insecure? Like, I want to just acknowledge that anxiety is really complex. There's a lot of reasons why some of us struggle with anxiety, including myself. But I want to just look at, I want us to think about this as a starting point. This is a question of, Who or what is really leading me? Who or what am I really following? And are they ultimately good? Will they lay down their life for me? Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Uh, I want to look now at the security that that brings. And we see a couple different things that we hear about this shepherd Jesus that brings security. And the first is his voice. He says, My sheep know my voice. Uh, this God that we serve is personal. You can know him. I wonder, is there a voice that you can, like, can you think of a voice that you just know? You know, maybe a parent's voice or a sibling's voice or a friend's voice. You just know it. And the minute you hear it, you're like, Oh, good. You know, like, I'm glad I'm with this person. It sets you at ease or gives you great joy just in hearing it. Uh, One of the cool things about becoming a dad is that babies can hear through the womb. And so your baby, before it's born, learns your voice. And it's like you can really young babies kind of like become alert when they hear these voices that they know. And Christians are people that know that voice of Jesus. And they follow Jesus because of his voice. Uh, this isn't saying that you'll actually like, hear the audible voice of Jesus talking to you throughout your day or throughout your life. But it is saying that Christians, when they read the Bible, when they interact with God's word, uh, they begin to not just see words on a page, but they begin to discern a person behind these words, And we need that voice. C.S. Lewis famously said, the voice of Jesus is given for the proper working of the human machine. Uh, we need to be hearing the voice of Jesus. And what it means to be a Christian is that we begin to obey because we know the person behind these words. Uh, Jesus becomes someone we have a special personal relationship with. We begin to follow him as our shepherd that we trust rather than, like, a ruler who's going to, like, smack us if we get out of line. In one way, this is really cool, actually. Have you any like, in the news, uh, every now and then they, they say, like, oh, there's this new book found. Like, a few years ago, it was the Gospel of Judas, or the Gospel of Thomas is a really old one. These books that people say, like, well, why isn't that in the Bible? It's this story about Jesus that was written a long time ago. And... It's, you should really read some of these if you have questions about that or are curious. And what you'll find, like, if you were to... You can, like, Google the Gospel of Thomas and read it. And if you read it you would, and you know anything about the Bible, you would immediately go, that doesn't sound anything like Jesus. You know, like, the language is totally different. Uh, the per- like, the person who Jesus is is totally different in these Gospels, which is, there's plenty of other reasons why those shouldn't be included in the Bible, but uh, the more you know God's word, the more you'll know his voice. And the more you'll be able to say, like, no, that's not true. I know him. I know his voice. And so I just want to ask you, are you, as you think about Jesus being your shepherd, are you listening to his voice? Are you, you know, it's why we look at the Bible each week in UF. Are you part of a Bible study? Are you able to, like, Read the Bible on your own or get help reading it on your own so that you can be hearing this voice. But his voice isn't the only thing he gives us. He gives us his closeness. And this is an amazing statement in kind of verses 14 and 15 up there. Uh, Jesus says, I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. You think about how big that statement is. Like he's talking about my own. He's talking about Christians. He's saying I know my own, and they know me, just like the Father knows me. He's talking about the Trinity. He's saying that the relationship that Jesus has come to establish with us is meant to bring us into the level of closeness. And the only thing he can compare it with is like the eternal relationship he has always had with the Father. It's so close. But that's all he can think to compare it with. That's what he offers us in terms of closeness. And finally, he offers us his grip. This is really important. And uh, near the end of that passage we read, he says, no one can he says, "No one's going to snatch these sheep out of my hands. Uh, I, there's been a few times where we've had RUF events or something like that, and my kids have been around. And so, like, we're going to have a few of these coming up so you, you can experience this uh, firsthand. But uh, in our basement, we have, like, movie nights, Halloween party. That's all coming up. It's going to be great. And a lot of times my kids are not aware that that's going on because, like, it's a separate entrance. And so I'll, like, take my, one of my kids downstairs uh, and we'll walk into this room of people they don't know. <laughs> I'm holding one of my kids in my arm and they immediately go like this. You know, they like grab onto something like my shirt or something because they don't know who these people are. They've just walked into a room full of you guys and you're scary to them. And I want you to think about that image of them holding on to me in that moment. You know, they feel scared and they grab onto me. What, what's going to make them safe in that moment? It's not their grip, right? It, what's going to make them safe is that I'm holding. Like whether they grab onto me or not, I'm holding them. I have a grip on them. And this is a big thing that people misunderstand about Christianity and faith. Christianity is not about how tightly you cling to Jesus. It's about how tightly He is hanging on to you. It's about His commitment to never let go. How tightly does Jesus hang on to his sheep? Think about Jesus going to the cross to actually lay down his life. Because there's a point, if you read that account, there's a point on the night that Jesus is arrested where we hear Jesus praying to the Father. You know, that close, intimate relationship that he has with the Father. And he prays and three times he asks, Father, is there any other way? than me going to the cross and he's sweating blood because he's under such immense personal stress as he thinks about what he's about to endure and he says is there any other way and there's just no answer and Jesus is arrested after that and he's crucified and I want you to think about that was there any other way That that night could go? There was one other way, and that way was for Jesus to let go of us. What was going on in that moment is, am I going to let go of them, or am I going to hold on to them? He didn't have to go to the cross if he was willing to just let go of us, and he would not let go. And instead, the father, that close relationship, the father lets go of the son so that God can hold tight to the sheep. And what you need to know is that if Jesus didn't let you go in that moment, he's certainly not going to let you go if you've had a bad semester. He's certainly not going to let you go if your relationships are weird. He's certainly not going to let you go if you have to make a lot of changes to your life plan or if you make some big mistake. Think about sheep and a shepherd. Uh, I drive past this, uh, on 32, right here near campus, there's this field with sheep, actually. And just in the last like, month or so, they've shown up. Like Someone put a fence up, and there's sheep in there. And I drive by there, usually on my way to campus every day, And I just kind of marvel at these sheep because, you know, they're not that smart. uh, And they just kind of walk around like munching on grass. And uh, these sheep are fenced in. You know, it seems like there are nice people taking care of them. They have good shepherds. They're fenced in nicely so they're protected. And if they're protected, then they'll be secure. And if they're secure, they'll be free. And what these sheep are doing... Is without worry, they don't, you know, there's a lot out there in the world that could get them, but they don't know that. And they're just sitting there as I drive by doing exactly what they were created to do hang out in a field and eat grass and grow. I want you to think about that image. Jesus is saying that you can have a life like that, where without fear, you do exactly what you're created to do. But it's only if he is your shepherd. And thankfully, he says, I'm a good shepherd. I lay down my life. I lay down my life. I lay down my life. Let's pray that we would make him our shepherd today and always. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, you know how prone to wander we are and how... uh, much disaster that brings and the anxiety it brings when we follow other shepherds uh the just disaster it can bring the hurt the heartache the pain that we feel we're thankful that you not only know it but you've endured it to save us Uh, we pray that we would know you more and more and uh, that we would willingly follow more and more and we pray that we would know some of this life that you promise.